Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from a manufacturing pro on best practices for quality control on overseas production of your invention. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, the show that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product designers, and other hardware industry professionals. I'm Kevin Mako, your host. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a physical product successful. From initial idea to putting your product on the shelf, we're taking you step-by-step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Now onto the show. Today, I'm excited to introduce Shajuk Agarwal to the show. He had a multi-million dollar e-commerce product store, and now he does China production run inspections for over 100 clients around the world. Today, Sajuk is going to tell us exactly how to ensure your product production run goes smoothly when manufacturing overseas. Sajuk, welcome to the show. Happy to have you on. Hey, Kevin. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's quite exciting. So I understand that you're from Chicago, but you, you can work from home. So you've decided to you know, take advantage of that and do a month uh, down in LA. Yeah, actually. Uh, so... Uh, before the lockdown was scheduled, I actually booked uh, a one-month trip to LA just to kind of get out of the Chicago weather. Um, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, Chicago is pretty much terrible <laughs> in the winter. Uh, and it, it, I imagine it gets pretty cold to Toronto too. I think it's about the same weather. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to escape for a few weeks. Yeah, I, I hear. I mean, I'm usually uh, you know in the in the U.S. for a good good chunk of the year, particularly a little bit more around the winter. <laughs> And uh, so I, I don't uh, blame you. I mean, I used to be on a plane every two months, but I haven't flown since March. So yeah, I don't blame you for, for just uh, packing the bags and heading on down to some warmer weather. Smart move. So I'm really yeah. excited to have you on the show. This is a, 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 an interesting topic uh, around um, producing your product, but understanding how the inspection is important and it affects kind of the business in the long run. Um, so why don't you kick us off on, uh, on kind of a backstory about, um, you know, what led you to kind of this topic? Because uh, to me, it's, it's very interesting how you got into the inspection business and why is it so important? And I want to hear more about that story. I think our listeners will find it interesting. Then we'll segue into some of the uh, you know, elements that you've seen um, that are key to doing product inspections to ensure that your product you know, lands as it's supposed to, uh, to your buyers. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Um, yeah. So just to kind of kick off um, like with my story. So actually before what I do right now, which is inspections, I used to run my own uh, e-commerce brand and uh, we actually grew super, super quickly. We were in the electronics space. First year we did 40K, second year we did a million, third year we were on track to do 2 million that year. And uh, what ended up happening, unfortunately, is we had a lot of quality control problems. We were seeing five to 10% defect rates on some of our products just after um, you know, on arrival. And uh, we were seeing 100% defect rates on some products um, after wow. a few months of use, like just you know, wear and tear failure, products just breaking apart. And uh, so we, our warranty claims were through the roof, our returns came through the roof. And what was funny about all this is we were doing everything by the books. So we were doing inspections on every single order. Uh, we were working on all of our um, production orders. We had people on the ground monitoring production, things like that, and uh, still having quality control problems. Uh, so yeah. So how did that affect that, that business? Yeah. So, it, I mean, the business actually had to shut down. Uh, so at some point, some of our top selling products, uh, we had products in stock for, uh, almost five months because we had about a three month lead time and then about a one month, uh, turn time and uh, one month shipping time. Uh, so our, essentially our, our turn time was about a month. 
So at any given point in time, we had about three to five months of inventory, like in stock, in production, uh, you know, being shipped or whatnot. So when we started having warranty claims, quality control problems into year two, into year three, uh, at some point we just got over the threshold where it was like, okay, hey, we just have to shut down. Wow. So you went from zero to two million back to zero in product sales. Exactly. And in, in wow. just two and a half years. Wow. That, that's, that's quite a ride. So obviously you took some lessons out of that and now you've, you've essentially pivoted what you're doing. Uh, tell us about uh, a bit about what you're doing now and how all this applies to manufacturing. Yeah, definitely. So right now what I work on is primarily quality control inspections and uh, really applies to manufacturing because you know, it's something that you should be doing on every single order. And this is something that we were doing on every single order as well. But what it really came down to was that we were not doing it effectively. And that was partly our fault, partly the fault of our service providers. And at the same time, you know, there was a lot of things that we could have done differently to prevent that issue from happening. Uh, so that's essentially what we're doing with um, that. That's what I'm working on right now is quality control, uh, just to kind of understand, okay, what is the most effective way we can do inspections and how can we do them in a way that, you know, works out better and you have more visibility, more control and more transparency over the process. Like for example, when an inspector goes to the factory, you have absolutely no idea what the inspector does. And uh, you're basically relying on this inspector as your last line of defense for, you know, a 10,000, 20,000, $100,000 production order. And you don't even know like how reliable, how trustworthy, how much passion they have to your products. Uh, so that's essentially what I'm working on right now is I want to make inspections as effective as possible because they can pay for themselves back in a matter of, you know, just one order for years. Well, and, and you're a perfect example, right? And this comes back to this story. You, if you have defects, that's going to have rippling, strong rippling, almost growing ripple effects to your business in terms of reviews, in terms of buyer dissatisfaction, in terms of re returns and warranty claims and all the rest, right? So, um, so many people push so hard to develop. I mean, we've got, you know, we develop tons of products every year and we take them to production and there's still one extra layer you have to keep in mind before that product ships. Yes, you've got a buyer potentially, or at least you have an idea where you want to sell. You've now got production, but you need to make sure that you bridge that gap, that very important gap between the products actually ready to go and your buyer's ready to pick it up. So, you know, tell us, and, and I would actually like to hear kind of in chronological order, right? Let's start from the start of an order to, you know, eventually that thing lands, uh, you know, at your buyer or at your, your doorstep or whatever else. Um, walk us through that. Yeah. In terms of uh, inspections and quality control. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Yeah. So in terms of uh, inspections, like when, um, you know, just working with your suppliers at the first point of entry, it uh, really depends on your product. So, you know, I'm sure Kevin, as you worked with electronic products with a lot of building materials, and if you're sourcing like all the components, you know, piece by piece, you want to make sure those components are built properly. <laughs> that's, that's the first step <laughs> in the, uh, you know, the thing, because if you go ahead and go through the entire manufacturing process and your components have problems, maybe a circuit board doesn't work or something like that, then, you know, you have to kind of redo that entire step. So the first thing for like electronic products, things like that might be like an initial production check, which is to actually go in, check the raw materials, check all the products, maybe do a couple of tests on the most important raw materials, make sure everything works. Uh, almost like a pre-shipment inspection, but for the raw materials. And then there's a second type of inspection called during production inspection. And that's done between 20 to 80% of production completion. 
And that's when an inspector goes to the factory to check the finished products or the you know, half finished products. And they also check the production line to make sure, hey, you know, whatever you lined up with a supplier, whatever you expected, and when it came down to the production line was lined up properly. And then uh, the last inspection, which is kind of your final line of defense, this is what I would say is the most important inspection. So a lot of times, you know, customers might do it during production inspection or they might do initial production check and they may not do a pre-shipment inspection. It actually should be a little bit of the opposite. The pre-shipment inspection is kind of the mandatory inspection. That's something you should be doing on every single order. That's your last line of defense, as Kevin, you were saying, right before it goes from the customers uh, from the factory. That's the last line of defense. And that's when you check, you know, at 100% of production completion, you check all the products, you make sure everything is good and you make sure everything is set up in a way that, um, you know, the packaging is right. The shipping cartons are right. You can even do simulated wear and tear for shipping just to make sure your products will survive shipping, which is a, an issue that a lot of customers have and uh, things like that. So that's the um, pre-shipment inspection. Those are the three main types of inspections in a production order flow. You know, and after that, when that product, you know, gets onto a boat or, gets onto a plane and is en route, it's too late at that point, right? You really want to be hitting that final uh, production inspection before it's leaving the facilities. So 100%. yeah, that, that's, I mean, I, I think that's, that's very, um, very important in terms of the, the, the timing. It obviously makes sense. Uh, and if, I guess if you've done the first two, it should make the job of the third one simpler, right? The first inspection is doing your essentially pre, pre-inspection, making sure the materials are correct. Second inspection is in the middle of production, making sure th- things seem to make sense. And then your final one is your, your essentially your, your final production. Um, I know there's obviously production samples that happen in there too. When do you generally like to see production samples? Um, when you're, and how does that kind of fit in with this three-step uh, inspection process? Yeah, it's a really good question. So, I mean, there can be reference samples at any point of the quality control process. You can have reference samples for raw materials, just so you can see, okay, on a visual basis, are all my raw materials looking good? Is the wood supposed to be like this? If it's a wood product, is the plastic supposed to be like this? You know, if it's a plastic product, so there can be reference samples there. If you're looking for like a production grade sample, uh, I think it's starting, it gets important in the during production inspection and then in the pre-shipment inspection, especially in the pre-shipment inspection. Uh, so there's a lot of products that have like a unique texture, unique color. If your product has an irregular shape, like even when you're using Pantone colors, I'm sure you've probably seen this, Kevin, where you can get the exact Pantone color, but that correlates to the raw material and it does not correlate to the finished products. Like you can have a Pantone color for maybe a white product and, uh, the whites can be different shades. So if you're looking to get like an exact on the color, those are where, when reference samples become super important in the inspection process. And now, you know, thinking about the startup product market, um, you, you've essentially got three inspections here, which you're layering on top of your production uh, costs and whatever else. And just walk us through what, what's kind of some ballpark, um, you know, costing to be expected for each stage of those in, inspections. If you're looking at your, you know, your three stages, what does each one cost? I know obviously that depends on the complexity of the product, but even some kind of light ranges, um, you know, to be expected in the market. Uh, would be helpful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so a lot of people have this misconception that inspectors earn between three to five dollars an hour uh, in China. And when you actually run down into the calculations, a well-trained bilingual inspector, after benefits, you consider taxes and all the other expenses associated with employees, average inspector will earn between thirteen to nineteen dollars an hour. 
and all included expenses. So in an average inspection, if an inspector spends one day at your factory, say about eight hours, you're going to spend about $100 to $150 in labor alone. Then there's additional travel costs, there's administrative costs, there is a, a cost of um, you know, fraud and bribery auditing, there's a cost of um, training, there's a cost of you know, a lot of different functions that go into the business. So in a general sense, uh, an inspection should be costing about $300. Now for like an initial production check, if you don't have a lot of raw materials, it could just be a day. And it uh, really depends on how thorough you want to get. During production inspection, again, it could just be one or two days. Uh, generally, if you have a longer production stage uh, and you have a lot of different parts, like it's not going off a continuous production line, it's going in phases. At that point, maybe you might have multiple during production inspections if you want to get a you know, checkpoint at each different phase. Then with the pre-shipment inspection, that generally uh, fluctuates, you know, depends on how many units you really want to test. But generally, in a general sense, uh, it would be about one day at least. And if you're getting very complex, maybe a couple of days. Uh, but generally, the pre-shipment inspection is going to be the most thorough inspection out of the three. That's great, great intel. So, you know, in terms of rough costs, then, um, you know, start to finish for your, let's call it an average medium complexity, mass manufacturer consumer product, something intended for Kmart, Walmart, that sort of a thing. Um, you're looking at essentially a few hundred dollars each step of the way. It, you know, to me, that sounds very reasonable. And obviously as the complexity increases, or maybe it's a certain type of product that needs a greater inspection, testing one out of every hundred units, uh, as opposed to one out of every 500 or something like that, mm -hmm. or even maybe more, right? So obviously the cost can go up uh, in, in that method, but uh, to me, I, I, it's always been very valuable to our client base in any case, when you've got that extra layer of comfort on the back end, just a second set of eyes, but also doing it right. I think you brought up another really good point there. Um, I'd actually like to drill down on that a bit. Um, quality versus non-quality inspection. You mentioned the cost difference per hour. What is some of the differences that you're getting between that, you know, bilingual quality inspector versus the one that's three or $4 an hour. Well, what have you seen or what are some examples um, where, where you really think it's worth essentially spending more to get that kind of uh, quality for inspection? Yeah, that's a really good uh, question. So, um, you know, with um, it really comes down to kind of psychological, there's like a huge human element that comes down to it. So, you know, if you're working a job, let's say you're working at McDonald's and you're working at $10 an hour, you're doing a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of manual hard labor inspection, you know, you're going product by product, it's repetitive, it's kind of boring, you know, it's not something that keeps you on your seat or keeps you engaged. So when you're getting paid, let's say, you know, five, $10 an hour, it's kind of the same thing as like a McDonald's employee. If you pay a McDonald's employee $8 an hour, they're not going to be too happy. They're still going to do the job, but maybe not with a lot of passion. Now, if you pay that same person, maybe a little bit above market wage for their work, uh, you know, like $15 an hour, $20 an hour, something like that. Now that employee is going to be a lot more motivated to do a really good job. So it's kind of the same thing when it comes down to inspectors as well. So if you get an inspector, you know, inspectors are willing to accept jobs and you'll find a lot of people who will even accept jobs below market rate. And that's because, you know, they might want to make it up, you know, just by, you know, skipping, you know, through, it's maybe a really easy job for them. Uh, maybe, you know, there's other criminal activity that's involved uh, when they get to the factory. So there's a lot of different things you open kind of your doors to. So it's a human element, but really what it comes down to it. So you want somebody that is passionate about your products, even if it's a simple product, like a paper cup, or you're doing something a lot more complex, like electronics, you want an inspector that truly cares about your products. And for them to have passion in your products, they also need to have passion for the work they do. 
and for, they need to have uh, you know stability when it comes to their finances, when it comes to the, the way they work, things like that. Uh, so that's really what it comes down to is, is the quality of uh, human labor. And uh, the other last thing there also is the quality of uh, English. So if you have complex specifications, complex tests, things like that, or even simple ones, you know, you might be saying, hey, you know, do my product like this, connect these two pieces together, make sure things work. If you have an inspector that just speaks Chinese or doesn't speak really good English, then they're not going to be able to give you a good inspection because you can't make sure that they interpret things properly. And at the same time, you know, when you get the report back, it may not be legible, it may not be understandable might have a lot of problems and missing pieces. So that training adds up. And um, in addition to that, you know, it's really important to make sure they take passion in the work they do. That, a lot of really good points in there. I can tell you one of the major uh, benefits for that, that we had as we were growing our business in the early years, I spent a lot of time in China and I've had I've seen every different type of manufacturing arrangement, it seems under the sun. And one of the big things that really helped us in terms of producing our, like our clients' designs, once we actually got them to the production standpoint, is having our own partner facilities that were, had very strong layers from bilingual engineers all the way down to inspectors and such. It was very, it's very difficult to rely on a variety of different companies, especially as a design firm. We deal with so many different types of products. So there's not going to be one facility. So what we relied on is bringing essentially assembly facilities that would at least do the final mile, possibly some of the production, but that's where we could, you know, do the, the strongest post inspection to really make sure before that thing gets on a truck and then on a ship and it spends 20 days coming across the sea, we wanted to make sure that it makes, you know, that the, the defect rates aren't up there and everything makes sense and all that sort of stuff. Major difference from, you know, the, having the communication and the right level of engineering, especially the more, the more complicated, the more technical it gets, the stronger kind of view you have to have on that. So I think it, what, what you're doing there and, and looking at these kind of higher quality engineers that are strong in understanding those specs, you could now fan out into all kinds of different facilities, um, no matter what kind of their inspection level is, you can essentially bring that quality up to a global standard that, uh, you know, your end user and customer is going to expect from that product. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so we don't really hire engineers uh, as inspectors. So it's a little bit different uh, there. So we're not hiring like engineering level talent. Uh, but in a general sense, you know, you want to hire inspectors that have experience in the specific areas they're working in, because you don't really have to be an engineer to work like an engineer or think like an engineer. So in the same way, like, you know, the training comes down to it and it's really important. Like, for example, when you have a product test, you want to have a clear pass and fail criteria. So, you know, okay, Hey, you know, this is what passes, this is what fails. And uh, that's things like that are super important. So like inspectors can actually do like engineering level tests and lab tests. Uh, you know, they can use machinery, they can do things like that, even without being an engineer, just by supervising the way the machine is used, and maybe, you know, following a couple of steps in a standard operating procedure. Uh, so there are ways to, to do engineering level tests, but we don't hire engineers specifically. And when those tests and specifications are laid out, and the factory has the machinery and the quality control labs and testing facilities to be able to do that, the inspectors can actually make sure that the products are made to that global standard. But if the factory is missing those, you know, that equipment, things like that, if you need machines and stuff, that's actually when it becomes a really good idea to bring in a lab uh, to actually do the quality control testing and maybe randomly sample 
And inspection companies can actually work really well together with labs. Uh, so for example, uh, an inspection company, a good one can actually collect samples for you to send over to a lab. So maybe a really good sample, really bad sample, random sample that you can then, you know, have the inspector send it over to a lab because you don't really want the factory to be sending you uh, the lab sample because then it's, you know, it can be handpicked to be the one that'll pass. Right, right. That's, I guess, all part of that, those inspecting techniques. And I hear you on the engineering as well. I mean, we uh, are in quite a lot of situations where it's not necessary, essentially, that the uh, inspector has engineering. And in fact, if you need to, you could always lean on either the factory engineers for certain kind of understanding of components, or I'm sure a lot of the products have a design firm like us that are behind it that also can help on the engineering fronts. Once that's all sorted out, now you just need to make sure that people aren't essentially messing up their promise, right? You, you need right. to ensure that that trust is being maintained. Now, if that's the case, do you find that by having um, kind of a higher level, higher caliber quality of inspection from the get-go, or as you've kind of, you know, on your first production run, does that kind of push the factory to uh, maybe do a little bit, be a little bit more consistent with your project, knowing that you're going to have that level of um, kind of oversight? Yeah, definitely. 100%. And Kevin, I'm really glad you asked that question because uh, kind of what you mentioned earlier as well is super interesting. So a lot of people view, uh, I feel like manufacturing, uh, like very transactional. So they'll go to their factory, they'll say, hey, you know, I need my product, this number of units, here's the money, give me the product. And they don't really focus on building a relationship or keeping a relationship, uh, you know, with your suppliers. And uh, I think that's really critical. Like, for example, Kevin, you were saying, right, you have all these partner manufacturers that you work with, you built a relationship with them, and then they prioritize your projects. And in the same way, it's a relationship model when it comes to any type of production. So when you're doing inspections, you know, and, you're, and you've not been doing inspections for several years, and you start putting in inspections, you know, kind of creates this rift in your relationship. Like, hey, you know, I don't really trust you. So I'm going to start putting inspections, things like that. So really, whenever possible, and inspections is not something you want to miss, like any major company that, you know, manufacturers will be doing inspections on every single order. And so it's definitely something you want to get started, like as early as possible, because it tells, you know, as you were saying with the factory, like, hey, we have standards, we have processes, we know the game when it comes to manufacturing, we're going to really check the products, we want to make sure you're doing a good job. Uh, and you know, we, we trust you, we want to build a relationship with you because you've started off setting expectations. Uh, but at the same time, you know, hey, we're not going to just let you do whatever you want to do, we still have to verify and protect our interests. And when you start that process early on, you're setting the standard for the next 50 orders, the next 10 years of the relationship with that supplier. Uh, so I think it's extremely important to do it as early as possible to protect that relationship. That, that's a, And I imagine as well, like anything, that relationship and the development and even the way it's inspected will improve. Like you mentioned that you're going to have a pass-fail test. Mm -hmm. You're going to do that on your first production run. Then you're probably going to learn some things from that production run, both from, you know, your customers uh, and from your own internal team and your engineers or whatever else, then you're going to take that back for your second production run, probably add a new set of pass fail tests on top of the old set and progressively improve and refine that line over time. So, you know, there's, there's the value of, of, I think with an inspection of, okay, finding defects, but there's also a secondary kind of opportunity value of improving your product development process over time which is what everyone's trying to do with their business. You do a first production run so that you can get to your second, third, and so on. Your first one's usually your small one. Then you start ramping up over time. Uh, so I very much have seen kind of inspection in that relationship, like you mentioned, really being important 
from the onset so that you can grow and build that relationship and that, you know, improve it over time. It's not an order that you place. And, and I, I love that you brought that up because I think a lot of people feel that you just place an order. It's like buying from a wholesaler. No, this is a relationship you're building to build this new custom proprietary thing that you have invented, which will require some uh, interactive uh, thinking. Uh, and hopefully it's been designed well and designed professionally so that, that, that there are kind of minimal defects and such as the design coming into the factory. But then over time, everybody works together to improve that, including the inspection process. Definitely. It's, it's an ongoing feedback loop. And uh, that's a really interesting point. And, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to actually streamline the entire process to improve your product quality. Uh, so, you know, if you have customer reviews, you got returns, you get warranty claims. What I always like to say uh, to anybody selling, you know, whether you're selling brick and mortar, you're selling e-commerce, I always like to say, and this is something we did as well in my brand, where we actually had an Excel spreadsheet. And every time you'd have a defect or a problem, we'd log it in the Excel spreadsheet. And then every month that would go to the supplier, that would go to, um, our, our, you know, our, to our supply chain team, where we'd actually take a look at that and say, okay, hey, are these new issues that we're not testing for? And if these are new issues, let's put some tests in for them in the inspection process. We can make sure right, these issues right. happen again. And then in the same way, we go tell the factory, hey, you know, we receive these customer issues. Like we're watching this. You know, we, we need this to be good. And it creates this continuous iterative process where the supplier is working with you and you're also working to improve the product. And it can be controlled and monitored through the inspection process. Love the feedback loop, you know, perpetual evolution of the, the product brand in it. You, we see it all around us, right? Products every year or two, they add tweaks and refinements and improvements. Um, you know, and it, it, it's almost a never ending cycle. And in fact, your customers love it, right? They are looking for that next evolution. A lot of the time we'll have customers that are buying, even if the evolution doesn't have like additional, you know, a, a, another benefit or some new thing, they want the latest, the most improved version, right? And they keep going. Um, yeah. This is Apple in a nutshell. classic <laughs> Apple model, right? You yeah. Buy that next phone, buy that next edition, right? Um, so I think that one of the easiest ways to do that is to kind of think back to that feedback loop as you're doing and, and make sure that your inspectors are also a part of that process, which really, I think most people miss that opportunity. Um, inspection, especially when they maybe don't have facilities um, like we as a design and engineering firm, they might not have those partnerships. That's where it's especially important. We have those built into the back end, but if you're going to a new facility and you don't have that relationship built and you don't have those, uh, that, that kind of quality control process already built into the relationship, uh, you absolutely need to start from day one, right at the, and I like how you say it too, not even at the end, right at the very beginning, get them in from day one. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, keep them in and set those expectations because setting those expectations is what uh, helps define that relationship. As you were saying, you know, hey, we're watching, you know, we, we need to make sure this is good. And, you know, we really care about these elements. That's why we're investing into it. What do you think about uh, the inventor or the business owners actually heading on overseas to do or to work in, in, in tandem with or beside or in addition to uh, your professional inspectors? Yeah. If you have that opportunity, I think it's a fantastic opportunity to do uh, because when you show face at the factory and just kind of say, Hey, you know, I'm the business owner, you know, even if you're like a high up employee, you know, C level or things like that, you know, you going to the factory, meeting with your suppliers face to face, having lunch with them, having dinner with them, it's huge for the relationship. And uh, if you're able to work side by side with the professional inspectors and learn the production line, learn things like that, 
you I guarantee you, you will probably find places you can improve your products. When I was in China, I was basically working 12 to 16 hour days on the factory floor every single day. I didn't really work side by side too much with the professional, uh, like with professional inspectors, uh, but I was doing my own inspections. I was checking my own products and I was learning things like, okay, hey, you know, these are the different checkpoints in our production line. These are the different elements. Now, good inspections should be able to get those elements for you, you know, even remotely. Uh, so you can kind of learn your production from, you know, a little bit far away from remotely. Uh, but learning that hands-on and seeing, okay, he, these are where the problems happen. You know, these are where we're seeing the most defects. These are where we're seeing the problems. And understanding that process, that's critical to improving your quality control. Uh, so if you have that opportunity as an engineer, as a business owner, I'd 100% recommend it. And I feel like any business owner with uh, a strong amount of competence, they will be able to understand this pretty easily because, you know, it just comes down to common sense. Hey, you know, what's the production line? What are the steps? What, how does the product get built? And, uh, you know, it's not as overwhelming as a lot of people think. It's just a process to build a product. We love it when our clients want to go overseas. In fact, we encourage it, right? When you're on your production run, just even if you don't think you need to, even if the samples are all great and all that, head on over and just spend some face time. As you said, you'll probably find something of value. And you know, I think of one of our uh, clients, Allison Brett, Class Magic, right? We designed this uh, product end to end, but she was really particular about the colors. They had to be right in line with brands. She said, you know what? I'm going overseas. I'm going to meet with the production engineers. And we'd set her up with all the manufacturing line and all that sort of stuff. And sure enough, you mentioned Pantone colors. She was sitting there with the factory managers and engineers, figuring out drop by drop how to get that Pantone color just nailed. And she did a great job. I mean, it's beautiful. It's right in line with the designs that that we made and everything like that. And production's going well. Um, and I think even just the peace of mind that that she had. And uh, she was by no means an engineer or a product professional. This was the first product she'd ever done. Um, it was the first time that she was working with uh, overseas manufacturers. Obviously, we were helping her along with many of the elements along the way. But it wasn't something to be afraid of or it wasn't like such a crazy idea. I mean, you're already on the crazy, the big idea, right? You're, you're getting your product out there might as well make the trip overseas and uh, see it through, right? Or at least make sure you have somebody who you trust that knows what they're doing, uh, helping you with that process at a, at a minimum, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, when you show face at the factory and you say, hi, you know, I'm the business owner, you're producing, you know, 10,000 units of my product. It shows that you're serious. You care about the product. Yes. You care about that relationship. And that goes a huge way because that factory is then like, okay, hey, you know, think about it from a factory perspective as well. Your factory on Alibaba or anywhere in China, you get approached by people, small clients, big clients all the time. And they're all the same. Hey, I need this product, XYZ, super transactional. No one's flying out to China. No one's doing you know, the proper processes. When you get a co company that does you know, proper RFQ process, does a you know, proper uh, management process, you know, gives a presentation on your company. I'm sure that, that's uh, a lot of what uh, you guys do, at Kevin, at, at uh, Mega Design. <laughs> So, you know, taking into account all of that and doing it properly, you know, they don't get a lot of clients like that. And uh, so when you're one of those clients, you know, they can have a hundred clients and, you know, maybe only 10 will do that. And if you're one of those 10 clients, you're immediately going to get put up to the priority list. You're going to get put up with, you know, on the nice books, uh, you know, you're on the naughty or nice list, you're on a nice list, right? They're going <laughs> to prioritize your products. They're going to prioritize your production. They're going to help you out. They're going to give you terms. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, a lot of uh, e-commerce uh, entrepreneurs were talking about is uh, how the first time they went overseas, they just were able to get terms on that first meeting just by saying hi, showing face, saying, hey, I'm a real person. You know, this is a real business. I want to meet you. And they were instantly able to negotiate terms on like nine out of 10 of those supplier meetings just from showing up. So I think there's definitely a huge impact. And, you know, there's a huge like instant relationship that can be built and then one that can grow 
further on. Absolutely. Uh, that's great. And, and, you know, having that human touch to anything, it, it just it adds that peace of mind, adds that comfort. Um, and, and you know, like you said, to the relationship, that is really key, uh, especially because you're building a new product. You're probably pushing, as we generally push our suppliers to help our clients out, we're pushing for a lower minimum order quantity. So, uh, you know, and, and of course, a manufacturer pushing back because they really don't make any money or very little money if they're lucky on a first production run. Uh, yeah. They and also, you know, they as the manufacturer, you as the as the inventor or the business owner or whatever else, you are are probably not going to make much money on a first production run either. So that relationship is very important so that you can allow that manufacturer maybe to give you a little bit less units for your first order or help you out on pricing or like you said terms payment terms right to allow maybe a little bit more towards credit or a little bit less of a down payment or whatever else um you know can help kind of financially so you know when you are a new product you have to understand that that manufacturer already has hesitation so anything that you can do to reduce that hesitation for that manufacturer improves the relationship and they're going to reward you for that as well. And one of the big ones is, is just showing up or having the quality control, right? Or just coming to them with an actual professional bill of materials, project spec, properly engineered, right? All, all the, the roadmaps actually built out for them to keep, to make their job relatively easy. Um, I imagine that you've probably found with a lot of your factories or probably some of the clients you've worked with, people who come with something that's 50% done or even what they think is 90% done and say, well, the factory will just figure out the rest. That's, that's Definitely. tough. Right. So yeah, hundred percent. I think this is a good, uh, good time to mention um, the red flag also with that. So if you have a supplier that um, uh, tells you, Hey, you know, you can't visit my factory unless it's the owner visiting, that's a red flag. <laughs> so uh, this also goes the other way. Uh, so if you have a factory that's too insistent with that. And they're like, Hey, you know, you can't do a factory audit. You can't do an inspection. Owner has to show up. That's not a good sign. So that's, that's not a supplier you want to work with. I appreciate that, that red flag. Well, so this has been a, a very informative talk. Uh, you know, just as a quick recap, first things first, look for that inspection, you know, at the start, the middle, at the end of your production run, make sure that you understand that Two, build the relationship, uh, ensure that you've got that relationship with the factory. Three, think about just showing up or having somebody show up, or at least making sure that you're doing everything as professional as you can. And therefore that will lead to hopefully a much exponentially more successful uh, product for you so that you can obviously take that into subsequent production runs and so on. I think that's been, you know, a great, great stopping point right there. Uh, so Jack, it's been a ton of information, lots to digest. I'm sure anybody who's kind of about to get into the um, manufacturing process right now has been uh, taking down some notes and uh, probably going to start taking some action. So what's the easiest way for our listeners to get in touch with you um, if they want your support on helping with uh, manufacturing uh, oversight overseas? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, for those of you guys don't know, don't know. So I'm the founder of Mobley and, uh, Mobley essentially does product inspections for, um, sellers that are manufacturing overseas. And we do inspections super differently. So we use data analytics. We're, uh, innovating to bring in, um, you know, real-time inspection information, body camera footage. We're actually building out a tech platform for inspections right now. So our goal is just to make inspections as effective and also as efficient as possible. Uh, so you can find us at Mobley.com, M-O-V-L-E-Y.com. And uh, just reach out to us uh, if you're looking to uh, do an inspection or you're currently manufacturing and uh, you're looking to get some more oversight. 
So Jack, appreciate it. Great information. Good podcast. Much appreciated for you being on the show. Thanks again. Thanks so much, Kevin, for having Alrighty, me. All righty. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Macro Design and Invent, the first firm in North America to provide global caliber, end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product business clients. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.